Hello, and welcome to Still Scared, Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy and disturbing children's books, films, and TV. I'm Adam Wybray, my co-host is Ren Wednesday, and today we're talking about the 2009 film, The Hole. Content warning, some minor discussion of physical abuse. A full transcript of the episode is available, so please check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Um, yes, I am somewhat under the weather, um, but I have a lemon and ginger tea next to me, um, which is hopefully going to fortify me to talk about this strange film about a hole. Um, and, and really, what what is there to say about a hole? It's, it's in the ground, it's dark, uh, it's bottomless in this case, and things emerge from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who knows from whence it came. <laughs> yeah. This film is uh, The Hole, um, from 2009, not the, not the, the, the film The Hole from 2001, I believe, um, which is... Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, Have you seen it? It, it, it? It's okay. It's a kind of by-the-numbers teen thriller, basically, with a bunch of bratty, overprivileged teenagers squabbling and possibly murdering each other. Um, I think in some minor state of undress. Uh, it's Yeah, it, it's, it's very much <laughs> of that uh-huh. wave of, I know what you did last summer, etc., um, yeah, is is it also about a bottomless hole? In no, that hole does have a bottom. Um, the hole itself is oh, okay. much less intriguing in that film. To be fair, uh, okay, it's more of a shaft yeah. than a hole. To be honest, like there is a hole, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, the hole. The hole <laughs> is just where the the action takes place. To be honest, uh, right. I, I don't think it needed. It didn't earn the title the hole. Uh, which is probably why there's another film okay. now called The Hole. Uh, the filmmakers presumably felt that <laughs> the hole itself needed to be done justice to. Yeah, I mean, and I think the the hole is is a very uh, compelling force in this film. Oh, the hole is um, the starring vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it's not an incidental hole. No, no, it's um, it's got star billing. The hole yeah. starring the hole. <laughs> Just a really deep hole that creepy Carl dug up. Between different universes. We took the locks off. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have opened it. Someone's in the house. You look in the hole, it brings your fears to life. Lucas! No! We all saw that, right? You're talking about the little girl that just crawled into the bottomless pit under your house? Yeah. I think we all saw that. 
How do the two of you feel about having the house to yourselves? Bad. This film starts off with a, a family moving into a new house in a kind of suburban America. There's a, a mum and two kids, Dane and Lucas, who are, I don't know, approximately 17 and 8 or something in that region. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. Um, and we, we learned that uh, Dane's a, a rebellious kid because he says sheesh. He does, um, and I've written down. Really laugh. Uh, <laughs> also stinks. Yeah. Uh, like like you stinks, uh, and then in a, te- in a text message early on, uh, this place sucks with an X instead of a C K S. Yeah. Yeah. He's also wearing a a um, a t shirt of the two uh, thousands uh, band, The Killers. Um, which uh, made me laugh. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if rebellious teen. I don't know if Brandon listening to Brandon mm, Flowers. I don't think Brandon Flowers yeah. would want would want Dane to be part of his fan base. Actually, um, you know, I know Brandon pretty well. Yeah, I, I don't think he'd be keen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've kind of got over my uh, for for <laughs> for some context, listeners, um, when. Ren and I were at a university. I had a bit of a thing about Brandon Flowers just because I find his name really funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no other reason for it, basically. I just like the fact that a, a, a self-possessed rock star is called Brandon Flowers. That's yeah, he's a sensitive guy. He's a sensitive guy. Um, and... Has lyrics like, do you want to come with me? Do you want to see my bones? I mean, your bones, it's only natural. <laughs> the lyrics of a sensitive man. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I'll also exactly. mention, before we move on from the killers, um, since you brought them up, that there is a great Werner Herzog <laughs> documentary, probably Herzog's greatest work, uh, about the killers. I don't think that he just did it for money whatsoever. I assume that Werner Herzog is a big killers fan, just like Dane in the film. Uh, it documents a gig of the killers, uh, and it also takes place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, seriously, I'm not even making this up. There is a Werner Herzog <laughs> documentary about the killers on YouTube, <laughs> which I've watched more than any other Werner Herzog film. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it takes a connoisseur of uh, film. So yeah, well, uh, it takes place uh, a large amount of it in this bizarre fake ranch in Vegas, uh, which Brendan Flowers talks very earnestly uh-huh. about, and how this ranch was his childhood. And Herzog tries to kind of lightly tease him about how yeah, but it's all fake. And Brendan Flowers is like, yeah, but it wasn't fake to me as a kid. It always it just seemed real, you know, growing up here and in Vegas. Um, and then he, he, Herzog makes him kind of stand in front of this awful animatronic cowboy and he holds the shot for like a full minute with Brennan Flowers looking amazingly <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have to send you the link to it because it, it's, mm. uh, for that last shot alone, it's worth watching. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the film's set up that we know that this teenage Dane is uh, very rebellious because, as you say, he's a a fan of the infamous band, uh, The Killers. Um, Not Slipknot, not System of a Down. Do you think they didn't know who The Killers were and just, like, thought they were, like, a metal band based on the name? It's like, (laughs) oh, The Killers, like, well, hardcore. There's a a Mountain Goat song, the best ever death metal band out of Texas, in which uh, the lyrics mm. refer, this was before the Killers existed as a band, the, the lyrics refer to a death metal band. Um, they get started and they consider the name Satan's Fingers, the Killers and the Hospital Bombers. And when the Mountain Goats play it now, uh, John makes the point of saying some of which names have been adopted. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe the Killers start, started out as a death metal band. I can only hope so. Yeah. You know, not so much Mr. Um, Brightside yeah, as Mr. So. Mr. Darkside. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming through sick lullabies. <laughs> okay. 
Let's move on. Let's to move the on. To the killers. <laughs> it'll be an hour of me talking about the killers. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay, the, 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 this film. I chose this film just in case people are wondering, like, why are we talking about the whole <laughs> from 2009, which pretty much mm, everyone mm. else would have forgotten about, um, because it's a Joe Dante film, and like, like. I'm sure many listeners, I really love Gremlins. Um, more than Gremlins 2, mm-hmm. which is the correct position to hold, unlike my brother, who maintains Gremlins 2 is better than Gremlins, but he also maintains <laughs> that season 2 of Twin Peaks is better than season 1 of Twin Peaks, which tells you a lot about my brother's tastes. Uh, and, and yeah, so I, I love the kind of madcap, anarchic energy of Gremlins, uh, and, and Gremlins too. I remember Small Soldiers from mm. being a kid, and I was just intrigued that Joe Dante had directed another kids' horror film as late as 2009. Mm. Uh, I remember vaguely when it came out, but I didn't catch it at the time, so I was sort of interested, interested because it was Joe Dante in seeing it. And obviously we've previously covered Eerie Indiana, and some of the most iconic episodes of that were directed yeah. by Joe Dante. Ah... So especially the ones with the kind of really skewed suburban aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Which we don't really get in this. It's a pretty... I mean, apart from the whole, obviously. Yeah, um, I was expecting... It's a pretty straightforward suburban aesthetic. It is a quite... I was <laughs> expecting much more in the way of warped visuals uh, and exaggerated set yeah. design. Like, you, we'll talk about it. You get that towards the end of the film. But as you say, largely it's... Quite, it's got that sort of wintry but overexposed aesthetic of a lot of two thousands, slightly low budget cinema. Mm. Um, so it looks mm-hmm. visually a little bit dull, uh, slightly televisual, I guess. And yeah, it only really yeah. visually comes to life in the last half hour of the film, um, mm. which, which I was yeah I was a little bit disappointed by. I was kind of expecting a little bit more visual razzmatazz um but in in preparation for this i also watched explorers uh which was the film joe dante released a year after gremlins and that's much more rooted in an everyday suburban reality until in fact the last half hour of the film where they go to space so structurally Hmm. this is actually (laughs) kind of similar to explorers um but Explorers is a really okay. amicable film with these really kind of lovable um, three leads. It's actually River Phoenix and Ethan Hawke, um, a very young Ethan Hawke playing the two mm. leads in that film. They're really charming and likeable, whereas Dane here is set up as not very charming and likeable, I think it's fair to say. Would you agree, Ren? Because you, you did text me while watching this. <laughs> I, I did text you in the, in the first half hour of the film saying, he's such a jerk. Um, <laughs> But, um, which I think is fair. Uh, yeah, it's explained. That's what but, they're going for. Well, he, he, he's quite yeah. rough with his younger brother, right? Like, he shoves his younger brother well, around. Well, yeah, quite I a mean, lot. okay. So, I think that. I don't know if this is a casting issue, but. Like, there's, at the beginning, like, their mums are at work and they're, like, having to amuse themselves around the house. And he's kind of, like, being, like, hitting his little brother around the head and it, it's quite uncomfortable because uh the actor who's playing um Dane yeah Chris Mesoglia he like, he's like yeah Chris Mesoglia yeah he's like he's obviously like he's obviously a teenager but he's physically he's pretty fully grown whereas um, Nathan Gamble and, on like, the other hand tall and and Nathan Gamble, who's playing his little brother, is a kind of very weedy, sort of prepubescent kind of, you know, yeah, like look like little kids. So it doesn't look quite right. Yeah, yeah, and like roughhousing. Yeah, no, agreed. It, it makes <laughs> it does make it really uncomfortable. Um, and there's it's odd. It's like I don't normally I'm not normally really fussed either way by swearing in films. I don't think, but mm. I don't know. I don't know why, but the swearing in this film really stood out to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just the... the, Where's the swearing? Oh, there's just quite a lot of the older brother kind of swearing and that his younger brother kind of swears too, like in imitation of his older brother. 
basically, and then his mum kind of tells tells the older brother off. Um, I think it's just there oh, to yeah. kind of really establish the older brother as a sort of, you know, he's going down the wrong tracks and he's being a bit of a bad influence. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's deliberate, right? Because it really mm. goes into why the older brother is upholding. Um, I guess what we'd call toxic masculinity, but yeah, basically being a jerk. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's very different to what you'd imagine in, say, if you compare this to Explorers, the the kind of free lads are all introduced as being the victims of bullies, for instance. You know, they're, they're these sort of misfits who, who get picked on on school and have to kind of band together as friends. Whereas Dane in this film mm. is very much established as a bully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and a kind of so then, a yeah. mildly lecherous so, so, bully at that, but yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, because uh, the he sees his uh, his new neighbour Julie, who's a. Uh, uh, pretty early on, who's having a, a pool party? She has a massive pool in her backyard, and um, America. And, uh, Dane is uh, Dane is being a peeping tom on like the first night or something. The first couple of days they're there, and uh, uh, well, he's, he's it's Lucas who, who her, goes over it? and oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's drawing her. Um, yeah, actually, it's Lucas who goes over and introduces himself to uh, to Julie. Um, yeah, and, um, at, at first, this film is reminding me of Disturbia, which is the kind of teen remake, um, I think starring Shia LaBeouf, of Rear Window. Um, but <laughs> at first, it was sort of Dane at the window, being quite moody and secluded. I thought it was going to go down more of a Rear Window route him spying something sinister next door perhaps um, mm. it's reminded me of the Simpsons parody when you've got Bart uh, after he's broken his leg from the pool party uh, up in his up in his yeah. room with a telescope peering out of Flanders' house uh, yeah and I, that, that's sort yeah, of the yeah. route I thought <laughs> it might also be that Joe Dante directed The Burbs with Tom Hanks if you've seen that one no. Okay, that, that's all right. It's sort of uh, horror comedy with Tom Hanks playing. Is that like? Is that like The Birds by Hitchcock, but they're burbs? They're yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like little burbs, like the su- suburbs, rather than like just birds. Like it's not oh, like right. it's not like goofy meme birds <laughs> called burbs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in that film, like Tom Hanks plays this kind of clean-cut uh, guy who whose neighbours may or may not be serial killers. So there's a lot of that with him kind of peering on his neighbours and then kind of sneaking into the house to investigate, mm. which is sort of where I thought this might go. But actually, uh, the danger is coming from inside yeah. the house. In this. Yeah, and they they find it quite. Uh... Uh, quite quickly, they um, find this this trap door in the garage um, that's uh, got big padlocks on it, um, and uh, and they they manage to open it and find this uh, very deep hole, um, <laughs> and kind of start experimenting with it. And they throw some nails down. Oh to see yeah, how deep it is. But they did. Did you like the cool? I don't 3D. hear them hit the bottom. Yeah, did you like the cool 3D effects when the nails are, are tipped down the hole? Because <laughs> um, because this film was originally oh, released yeah. in 3D, and there were some times where it's very notably oh, well, okay. <laughs> originally because the nail, one of the nails, slowly <laughs> rotates and slowly comes right up to the camera. <laughs> so you're like, oh no, my Excellent. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, yeah, that does, that makes sense. And they, they um, also lower a toy Cartman figure down the mm-hmm. hole, um, which shows how bad Dane is because um, 
he's watching he's watching <laughs> South Park clearly inappropriately. Uh, mm. I, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that partly because I I managed to impress uh, one of my students, one of my year tens, my street cred this week. Um, that she came to the door <laughs> of the classroom and had done a sketch of the kids from South Park and said, "Do you know what this is?" And I said, "Oh yeah, South Park." And then she shouted across to. Um, to one of the other kids. <gasps> yes, sir, knows what South Park is. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't then say I was watching South Park when I was your age, kid, but now I find the libertarian politics a bit problematic. But I thought it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Car- Cartman is lower down yeah, the, the hole and doesn't come back because the hole is so deep. No, it gets gets stuck and the, and the rope comes up, sort of frayed, um, and uh, and Julie uh, turns up because um, uh, the last thing she saw was Dane uh, running after Lucas with murderous intent. Um, oh yeah, and she's like, oh, uh, it looks like he might have actually killed his younger brother. This kid's clearly quite dangerous i should probably check that he's okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just how you want to introduce the kind of love interest love interest uh, teenage love uh, uh, in a film <laughs> yeah um and they uh they show her uh the hole and um she takes the opportunity to make the innuendo so that we get that out of the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and she uh, tells them about creepy Carl who used to live in the house. Um, and she says, oh, it must be, must be one of creepy Carl's things. Um, but she, uh, she joins in the, the whole exploration and uh, they put a camera on her on a rope down there and uh and they're kind of watching watching the film on the tv and there's some, some kind of light or sort of mass but then uh, mom comes in and they stop looking at the tv um but you can see in the background that there's an eye on the screen <laughs> yeah i quite um, like that i thought it was, was quite cool effective little moment it was, it was a bit yeah it was... it was a bit of a found footage moment in the film as well i thought hmm like obviously, this is quite a while after Blair Witch and such. You know, found footage was a bit old hat by 2009, but I still thought it was quite neat. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, I mean... And I think... The whole was just sort of there for a little while. Like, like the film does take a while to get going because... There's like this hole, and then mm. they 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 try to kind of close the the trap door, and then it's open again, and then it's closed again, and and but nothing really comes yeah. out of the hole for quite a while, not that we see. Yeah, um, yeah, and we just kind of get sort of Dane getting to know Julie and and the town, and we get a bit of foreshadowing about an abandoned fairground called Frolic Gardens, um, and. Uh, and then the next creepy thing that happens is that Lucas is uh, at home by himself um, and he finds uh, this creepy puppet on his bed. Now, it's established that he's afraid of clowns. And he finds this creepy clown doll Well, it's a jester, isn't it? There's and, a bit, uh, I felt there was a bit of blurring in this film yeah. between jesters and clowns. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced they're the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Okay, yeah. But but you know, um, the film the film treats it as though it's a clown, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um he he assumes that it's Dane who who put it in his bed, so he puts it in Dane's bed. But um sort of meanwhile, um Dane and Julia are uh, in a diner or something and Julie uh, is in the toilets and kind of hears a crying girl and she kind of looks under the door of the cubicle and sort of sees blood drip and then the lights go out and she you know, tries the the handle of the the bathroom door and it's locked and this 
little girl whose kind of face you can, is kind of obscured starts sort of limping towards her um, and uh, until someone else opens the door and then it all disappears. Um, yeah, so I thought so. at first, right, so we, we, we start to kind of gather at this point or assume, I think, infer that these are emanations of the whole, right, that that you know we get we get the puppet mm. we're not quite sure we think oh that could have come from the hole and then with this little girl we're like okay yeah these must have come from the hole so i thought at first that the kids would only be able to see their own fears and i was like okay well that must be the mm. rule but then they seem to be able to see each other's fears as well but then other children can't see them so i found that quite yeah. i found that quite confusing i thought that was a bit messy yeah um yeah it's it's a bit odd um because sometimes it seems like they're only appearing for the person whose fears mm. it is and then but then but then they're not but <laughs> yeah i don't know i i kind um, of it might seem like a little thing <laughs> i don't like being too pedantic but i think that messiness mm. with the rules did take me out of it a bit actually because like well okay i don't really know to what degree these are a threat to all the kids or just one of them yeah um i don't know if it's trying to kind of obscure the 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 fact that these are there in these are manifestations of their fears by making mm. them appear to to all of them <sighs> Yeah, well, I think with Julie, there's clearly a bit of a mystery about why she's seeing this little girl. Um, but mm. there isn't really a mystery set up with the two boys. Like In a way, her subplot about this little girl is more intriguing than, say, with Lucas. It outright says he's afraid of clowns. He says, I'm afraid of clowns, and then he starts seeing a clown. So no mystery yeah. there. Okay, he's seeing the thing he's scared of. That's pretty straightforward. So yeah, it's interesting that with Julie, I felt like her subplot became possibly the more interesting one, even though at first she's introduced very much as, you know, this, I guess, slightly sexualized love interest. Like, you know, she's yeah. very much introduced <laughs> from Dane's gaze and seems to exist in relation to the two boys. But at least at least the screenplay does give her a bit to do as it goes on. Mm. Um, I, um. Yeah, I thought that... Uh, is, it, is it Julie she's called, sorry, or... Susan? Yeah, Julie. Julie's the, the, the neighbour girl. Yeah. I thought, um, mm. yeah, Hayley Bennett, I thought was quite good as her. Yeah, I thought so too. And and from IMDb, it seems like she's pretty, uh, doing pretty well okay, in, nice. in film industry. Cool. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought she was the, the strongest yeah. actor in this. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, but yeah, Lucas... Yeah, Lucas gets some sort of creepy jester puppet shenanigans in the in the basement, um, and then kind of sort of is kind of <laughs> winking and gnashing its teeth at him. Um, but and when Dane comes comes home, um, they they go and look in the cellar, and the um, and the creepy little girl is there. Um, yeah, and, and, uh, she there, says, can I, I just say there, there's a lie and um, Dane says, is that one of your friends? And Lucas says, I don't have any friends, which I thought was quite a sad little exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, she, she says, I don't want to die and then climbs the stairs of the basement and disappears. Um, and... Uh, Julie comes round and uh, and uh, and they see and they see the creepy girl again and kind of follow her and uh, <laughs> she she slithers back into the hole. Um, 
Yeah, there's a stop motion sort of pixelation effect on her movements there, which is yeah. is quite effective. <laughs> there's sort of jerky yeah. movements as, um, as she slippers back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they're I think they're less distressed by this than they really should be. Um, yeah. I think this film is qu- quite inconsistent about how. Uh, <laughs> in their reactions to <laughs> that's really true actually like <laughs> all this creepy stuff <laughs> they're gonna often take it in this sort of cynical ironic teen way of like oh yeah. yes creepy things coming out of the mouth of hell it's probably the devil who's gonna come up and kill everyone and it's like well i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and they they try to get a stake out possibly for the devil and they sit around with a, a paintball gun. I didn't are you allowed legally to just have a paintball gun because that seemed quite dangerous to me. Like I I've been paintballing and you know you had to wear protective equipment and everything and it was under supervision. You couldn't mm. just have one. I had a, a little, like, eight-year-old boy shoot me in the ear. It gave me tinnitus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, and that was with the protective headgear. It sort of went under the helmet somehow. Um, so, I, I yeah, I, I wasn't very keen on the idea of these kids just having paintball guns at home. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Julie's pretty gung ho about them having a, a gateway to hell under their house. Yeah, um, she's like, it, I think it's reason. pretty sick or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so the, and then, then the mum comes home and, and still sort of nothing's come out of the hole again. So, um, so. They, they they think oh we should lock this trapdoor back up but the locks have disappeared so they so they push something heavy over it, um, and um, come up from the basement and uh, and mom has a has a date who's a looks a little bit like Jonathan Frakes a kind of avuncular doctor mm-hmm. who uh, Dane is rude to, but um, yeah we we learn from this exchange that that her ex husband was. A bad man, um, and which will become important later, um, and uh, then uh, the next morning they find the trap door is open again, um, <laughs> as it does. Um, the uh, they're not too bothered. Not sure what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> M- mildly well. missed. But, um, yeah, <laughs> but the the there is a. Um, a heavy leather, a heavy leather belt um, that's on the the safe that they pushed over it, and uh, Dane seems to recognise um, from the previous exchange with the mother. I think it's kind of get where that is leading. Yeah, um, I think we managed to uh, that. And then, do they go to see Creepy Carl? Yeah, then they go to see Creepy Carl in the old glove factory. Um, Which gives Julie the opportunity to pick up a dirty old disused glove from just like, I don't know, it's just like off off the ground or something and then put it on and wear it. I don't understand why would she wear the glove? (laughs) She does do that. She's a a chaotic one, Julie. (laughs) I didn't yeah. understand. I thought the glove was going to have some kind of purpose. <laughs> she just wears the dirty glove for the rest of the scene and then takes it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they find they find Carl in kind of ensconced in in this old factory kind of surrounded by light bulbs and lamps and chandeliers and so on um uh and uh they uh 
they say, oh yeah, that that hole. Um, <laughs> he said, well, you didn't open it, did you? And he, they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and Carl is and much more like, concerned oh, the... than they are. Yeah, yeah, he, he seems to have more, um, a better grasp on the, the gravity of opening a portal <laughs> yeah. to hell than, than these children. Um, and he says, the, the darkness, it saw you, didn't it? And it's going to come for all of us. And, and they're like, oh, all right. Yeah, and like they really come. like roll. They're, they're, um, like, they're a bit freaked out. But they're also like, oh, look at this, this <laughs> crazy old guy. And it's like, what? I don't know. Probably take him a bit seriously. <laughs> I mean, like you did, you, you did see a, a girl like <laughs> disjointedly slither into a hole. Like, have you forgotten about that? Yeah, like, like, like what's really odd, right? I is, know. So I've written down uh, for claim of the week: um, the darkness will come. But actually, that's not a claim of the week. That's a totally legitimate observation and prediction from Carl. He's right, and. I only wrote it to play mm-hmm. with the week because that's how all the kids treat it. They're like, oh, listen to him making all these ridiculous claims <laughs> about the hole. But it's like, well, they're not ridiculous. It clearly is some kind of evil hole. <laughs> as you well know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, the, as has been evidence. It's like the X-Files, with like Scully, like rolling her eyes, being like, oh, of course aliens don't exist, Mulder. And you're like, Scully, you've seen the aliens literally every single week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they do have this kind of odd sort of affect as if they've kind of had their memory wiped periodically throughout the <laughs> yeah <day>. yeah <laughs> just like don't 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 you remember <laughs> and it's quite odd because clearly you know this is clearly a horror film um albeit a sort of young adult horror film mm. But surely the best way to make something scary is to have your characters scared. Like, the whole reason Blair Witch Project's scary, yeah. even though not much happens in it, is because the three actors seem terrified and it makes it scary. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, when your actors are playing the characters as though they're just not that fussed, they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then it's, it's hard to get too scared <laughs> because it's hard to take all of these demonic apparitions too seriously, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering if it was a deliberate ploy to make it less scary, so it could have a I don't know, so it wouldn't would still be suitable for for children. Oh, what? maybe. Like, oh well, you know, the, the characters aren't aren't so scared, so you don't need to worry so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could see that, but then. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Gremlins is an interesting one because it's certification, which suggests it's not for children, but it was obviously marketed to children and there were, you know, Mogwai toys and there's a video game and so on. Um, but mm. the Gremlins and Gremlins... What certificate did it have? I feel... Well, I'm pretty sure... I don't want to promise, but I'm pretty sure that the UK certification was like 15. Um, oh, right, yeah. I'm not sure about the American um, certification. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I just saw on the BBFC website uh, it was submitted in 84 and the issues it raised for examiners were similar to those discussed during the classification of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Which makes sense because mm-hmm. Temple of Doom is similarly quite a lurid film and one which is clearly aimed towards children but actually is quite violent and unpleasant yeah <laughs> um but yeah, yeah i don't know i just felt like there were quite a lot of scary ideas in the hole like the idea of a hole in which mm. your worst fears come out of that's that's a pretty scary idea and the idea of it being in the basement below where you sleep is a scary idea. Yeah. So I don't understand why it wasn't scarier. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, I I kind of had moments where I'm like, oh, this is a bit creepy, but then, but then the characters just being like, ah, all right, yeah, this is going to really. <laughs> yeah. Although there is a, is a slightly <laughs> scary moment, actually, saying that, coming up in the swimming pool. So they see Creepy Carl and they take a book away from Creepy Carl of, of sketches, right? 
that creepy Carl's been drawing. Like it's a black, mm. sort of charcoal black pencil sketches of it's hard to say what on each page of his notebook. And uh, Dane gets quite Dane's a mm. bit of an artist, aspiring artist, and he gets quite caught up like examining these pictures. And they go to have a swim in Julie's backyard pool. And uh, he won't swim. He just sits by the side of the pool, like, looking through Carl's sketchbook, trying to work it out. Yeah. And he notices that there's a kind of Um, shape of a hand on one of the pages. Hmm. And then Um, Lucas in the pool has an incident. Yeah, so... Yes, he he kind of... He's, first he hears a sort of jingling bell and he's kind of looking around because he thinks it's the jester but then he sees it's just the, the bell on the dog and he's like, oh, phew. But then he's on the um, the lilo and then he gets dragged underwater by something um, and uh, the dog barks for help and the, they, uh, the kids rescue him and this time he's, he's properly distraught and he <laughs> says it was the jester. He said it was the jester who was in the pool trying to drag him, drag him down like... I don't know, through the grate or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess so. I think it's the implication. Yeah, and um, and kind of later, Dane sees a, a handprint on Lucas's leg. It's this kind of little jester-shaped uh, bruise or something. Like, um, and he, he's kind of, Dane is kind of up in his bedroom and he kind of takes all the pages of the notebook out and sort of kind of, sees that they might fit together into one big drawing. Um, but then he hears this kind of melancholy whistling and goes downstairs to find a, a letter addressed to him from New Jersey Penitentiary that just says, hello, boy, in there, kind of shaky letters. Um, he he wakes up Lucas um, and they, they kind of keep getting separated. Um, they're not very good at keeping track of each other. And... Uh, and there's a cop who's kind of talking to Lucas and Lucas assumes that Dane called him. And he says, the cop says he's looking for a girl and shows Lucas a, a Polaroid. But sort of when he turns round, the the, uh, the back of his head is blown out and you can see his brains. Um, and uh, so Lucas runs against Dane and they kind of follow the cop who also slivers back into the hole. Um and uh, at the same time, sort of Julie wakes up and the little girl's there again. And she's saying, save me, Julie. And uh, the, the two, Julie meets up with Dane and Lucas and explains that the little girl is, uh, name is Annie. And they, they used to be best friends. But then uh, she says she let her fall. And she has to, she knows what she has to do. And uh, she runs to Frolic Gardens, the uh, abandoned amusement park with Dane following. Yeah, it's quite a sort and, of Stephen uh, King-like climbs... subplot, this. Mm, yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing you can imagine happening in the kind of main of Stephen King's books with this rusty, abandoned theme park and uh, a character confronting yeah. their past trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Personally, I wanted a bit more creepy yeah, theme so park, so. but... I pretty much always want more creepy yeah, theme parks. Yeah, I know, parks, didn't so. get a lot. No, there's some slightly mean, yeah. <laughs> mean place roller coaster carriages. Is this a mm. roller coaster I was kind of like I rubbing rock. my hands together going, like, ooh, a creepy theme park, yeah, yeah, an abandoned yeah. theme park, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we mostly just get the, the, the sort of skeleton of the roller coaster. Yeah, I just think um, it's a shame. Like, if you're going to have a theme park scene in a kid's horror film, I just feel like you might as well blow your budget there to be honest <laughs> like there wasn't even yeah. a mirror maze chase scene <laughs> I know yeah like I think if you compare it to yeah, say you, you, the... you gotta have the mirror maze yeah yeah like if you compare it to the scenes in something wicked this way this way comes yeah that was what we watched that had yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. The carnival scene, and again, yeah. and again mm. that's not a perfect film, but it does put a bit more into its theme park carnival scenes. Hmm. Yeah. What I wonder what what like what what film we watch for like 
what would be a quintessential creepy theme park children's horror film. Like, I mean, I really love the, the, the theme park scenes in The Lost Boys, but it's very debatable whether The Lost Boys mm. is really a children's horror film. Uh, it's certainly a horror film that I think a lot of kids watched, even though they probably shouldn't have done, technically. Uh, and it's probably more child-friendly yes. than most <laughs> most horror adult horror films. Um, I mean, I, like I the always... protagonist in Night Books. Mm, I mean, I, I, I always... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, and I always mm. think of uh, Horrorland, obviously, from the Goosebumps books, which is a particularly good evil oh, yeah, theme park. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. This scene was a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, mm. Judy goes up the roller coaster and uh, kind of relives her trauma of Annie falling. Yeah, and they have a little little reckoning. Um, um, Annie, who's uh, played by a boy, apparently. Yeah, oh. just played by a boy called Quinn, Quinn Lord. Um, I couldn't find any reason why that happened, but <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> um, well, again, you know, quite quite nicely played, like. Uh... Mm. There's nothing, you know. All the child actors mm. are are pretty decent here. Mm. Yeah. I just, well, I just wanted more, you know. I, I just wanted a creepy bride, <laughs> or a, I mean, we've got the creepy yeah. clown, but the the creepy clown doesn't seem to hang out at the theme park. Weirdly, mm. it's too busy in the swimming yeah. pool or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, so yeah while well, that's going on Lucas uh, has been told to wait in the garden so so he is but then he hears Dane's voice calling from the basement um, it's like and uh, it goes uh, it follows the sound and uh, and uh, it turns out it's the jester again oh. but this time he, ha- he has a scrunkly little voice oh I really like the jester's scrunkly <laughs> little, little voice like a little gangster jester. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's the best bit. Little, <laughs> like <laughs> chittery, cackly little voice. <laughs> you want a piece of me, eh? Yeah. Sit over. <laughs> you want a piece of me? <laughs> yeah, and he makes a lot of little noises. <laughs> <laughs> Which was uh, really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I texted you um, when you'd watched like two thirds of the film and had to pause and said, you know, keep watching because you do have the jester's voice to look forward to, basically. Um. And it's quite, quite a good punch up as well. Like the fight between Lucas and the jester is pretty, pretty full on. You know, it's a really gnashing mm-hmm. teeth yeah. gesture. It gets some punches in. Oh yeah, yeah. He's kind of jumping on Lucas's head and punching with his little fists and uh, uh, up and down the stairs. Uh, eventually, Jester gets thrown into a fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> and sort of shredded. Um, yeah, not whole, completely convinced um, that would happen to like a wooden Jester. I did think. Hmm, I'm not sure that yeah. a fan. A fan alone would destroy this jester. <laughs> I think he'd get jammed. I think he would yeah. get stuck in the fan, probably. I mean, as as we know, like mm. with Slappy in Goosebumps, all you need to do is push one of these things onto its back and then it'll wriggle around like an insect and won't be able to get up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Maybe it was a bit more articulated than Slappy. <laughs> but But that means mm. at this point then in the film... You know, uh, J- Julie has faced her fears, and Lucas has faced his yeah. fear of clowns or jesters. So, and, and Dane has has yeah. told Julie quite unconvincingly that he's not scared of anything. Yeah. Um, well, then they they put together the uh, jigsaw of sketches and see that it's um, a, a big man kind of dragging a small boy away and just at the same time Lucas, he's a big man in his room and just 
is so tall his kind of face is obscured it's just this enormous presence um kind of explains to julie about his father who's in in prison for beating up his family and that's why they keep moving because he keeps somehow finding out where they are um and uh realizes that lucas has been dragged into the hole so dane has to go in after him and, th- and this um, kind of recontextualizes in quite a sobering fashion the hand mark uh, the bruise left on lucas from the jester i thought yeah. that in retrospect it becomes this sort of sign of the kind of sign you'd see you know in safeguarding of physical abuse mm. so I, I thought I felt like the film is trying to approach this topic with a certain level of seriousness. Yeah. Like, I don't love the um, film, but I do feel like it was at least trying to kind of take on this difficult topic quite seriously and, you know, sympathetically towards the kids in the month. Yeah, I think so. It does... It, it is a, quite a shift, because it only... Uh, it comes in in the second half of the film um like this yeah this this topic but but then it it dominates the last third oh massively like completely um i mean i think i found it interesting and then it helps you to recontextualize you know that there's always a reason why kids behave as they behave and it helps you maybe understand lucas's Sorry, uh, helps you understand Dane's anger and violence towards yeah. his younger brother. Um, so, yeah. you know... Yeah, I, I did feel a bit bad for... Well, but, him but I, I think that's kind of deliberate, though, <laughs> because it's very easy, you know, it's really yeah. easy, certainly as an adult, to, you know, to judge a kid when they're they're behaving in a violent or, you know, abusive, just kind of mean and cruel way, and... You know, it's it's mm. something you need to always remember as a teacher, right? Um, when dealing with with, with, with mm-hmm. kids who behave in this way, but there's always going to be a reason behind it, basically. Um, you know, and that yeah. the, these these kids are often really struggling with with things that often you're not really privy to as a teacher. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. I, I I like I liked that. I don't know if you know if this would be a kind of healing uh, film for for. You know, for a boy or, or girl, but you know anyone, anyone like Dane who'd have gone through this. I'm not sure. Hmm. I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's a bit of a tension between the fact that it has this quite generic idea about facing your fears, which dominates the first two thirds, and then, as you say, it shifts to very much being about the trauma of this experience with his dad. Yeah, which isn't very present um, in the first two thirds. So it's like suddenly you're like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I, I, and it does feel like you're you're in quite a different film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's a very it's a different scale of fears that we're <laughs> approaching now. Is oh, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. Which I guess. We, like Lucas is Lucas is is pretty little, so he's and he um he didn't experience much of. We learn that he didn't. His yeah. dad was sent to prison when he was quite small, so he doesn't really remember. Yeah, much of that. But, but anyway, he has now been kind of kidnapped by yeah. the. It's hard to say whether it's actually an emanation of his dad. There's a really creepy Junjito story, one of his most disturbing, about um. A guy on death row who kind of sends out a kind of psychic emanation of himself, basically, um, mm-hmm. actually to, uh, to try to apologise. He's sort of tried to apologise, grovelling to the family of the the person he killed. They keep sort of appearing in the house. It's a very very unsettling story, and I wasn't sure if this was meant to be that the dad was using the hole to communicate, or whether like this was just a kind uh. of figment from the whole that that the man in prison had no, nothing really to do with, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I just um, couldn't tell to what degree was this his dad <laughs> and to what degree was this like a demon yeah. that just pretended to be his dad, if yeah. that makes sense. I don't know whether that matters or not, but I guess I, I kind of found it a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would kind of, yeah, I don't know if it, it would kind of resolve in some way the actual real life threat if this threat from the whole you know if 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 Dane beating this manifestation of the dad actually beat in some way the real life dad so they don't have to keep moving around yeah I don't think we really get any indication of that yeah because the fact that so the reason they've been moving around is because the dad somehow finds out where they've moved to and then starts sending these creepy or threatening letters in the post. Yeah. Um, and which Dane has received again, which seems to be what sort of spurs off this episode. Um, but I don't know if the idea is that even if he continues to receive these letters, he'll be able to think, OK, my dad is in prison and that he'll be able to not be scared anymore. I'm not sure. Like, mm. it's a little unclear, I guess, what this what this resolves, this whole sequence. But anyway, what happens is that Lucas gets kidnapped and then Dane has to go down to the hole to save Lucas from this sort of giant demonic version of his father. Yeah, who's um, uh, played by John DeSantis. Uh, who's an um, uh, impressive six foot nine um, so he's playing big monster dad. Um, but, um, yeah, and they kind of... Dane finds Lucas in the closet because he... It's, it's in this kind of distorted sort of persona-like building, but yeah, he well, finds Lucas in the closet, this is which where is the where set he used to hide. This is where the set design actually becomes expressionistic. Yeah. Because yeah. up till now, it's basically taken place in a perfectly non-spooky suburban environment. Apart from this marvelous yeah. spooky theme park, um, whereas now we really get what I was expecting from the film, which is the kind of aesthetic you get in uh, the Twilight Zone, uh, the movie segment which Joe Dante directed, um, or some of the kind of visually wilder parts of Gremlins, which and, and obviously Eerie Indiana, which are these you know giant sli- slanted. Uh, buildings and and weird oversized props and things like that, mm. um, which is probably where we have to do texture of the week, really. So, uh... mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. texture of the week. Yeah, texture of the week. Yeah, what's your texture of the weekend? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a film in which all of the textures are saved for the last ten minutes of the film. So, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I guess it's particularly the, the 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 bandy stairs. There's a kind of, I don't know if they're like shelves, I think, which make this twisted staircase. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which is is how what Lucas escapes up. Um, before the final confrontation between Dane and his father. Um, how about you? Mm. Um, I think they, they did very well with the um, the texture of the the monster dad's like heavy belt. Mm. You know, like it looked like it's massive and it like sounds really heavy and like yeah, it has, seems like it has a real weight to it. Um, mm. I think that was some good prop work there. Or sound work, or both. Um, yeah, actually, um, the, the figure of the father kind of reminded me a bit of the, the figure of the father in Paper House. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's, who's a bit more ambivalent. Like, we're never quite sure if the father in Paper House is abusive. We know he possibly had problems with drink, but we don't... You know, it's, it's always kept quite obscure, you know, whether the father is a dangerous figure or not, but certainly the father who's drawn without eyes in Paper House is this 
quite scary, threatening figure who sort of lumbers mm. around. And the father here seems a bit more sure of himself, you know, and less lumbery, but uh, similarly a gigantic, kind of scary, towering figure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dane sort of stands up to him and says, oh, you can't hurt me anymore. Um, to which the father hits him across the face. Yeah. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, uh, but kind of as Dane's fear kind of starts to starts to evaporate, I guess, that the building around them disintegrates and as they're standing on this black and white kind of tiled floor and it's kind of ends up as just a a circle of this floor in, in the void um and the the father starts to shrink as well um as um as uh, Dane's fear um is overcome and he kind of Dane catches the the belt and it's kind of whipping it around his head like towards the father and uh, and the who says like oh like father like son but uh, instead of striking him with it he wraps it around the ceiling fan so he can lift himself up and escape and uh, tells tells the bad father that he's nothing like him and they escape and the mum comes back from her trip and uh, asks uh, what's under that trapdoor but when they look in it's just kind of shallow dirt and, and pipes um, and then it ends on a on an uh oh <laughs> Lucas Lucas asks asks the mum if she had any fears and she's like oh I used to be scared of a monster and, and the, the trap door creaks open again <laughs> um <laughs> uh, um Yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, two thousand and nine. It, 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 it's okay. It's, it's a little yeah, bit under. It's okay. It's a little bit underwhelming. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, um, quite quite a, a slow start. Uh, yeah, and you you said it was a very bottom heavy film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I wonder Some... if it would have worked better as a book, to be honest. Because you could have yeah. spent more time inside the characters' minds, really exploring what they're scared of. Mm. And in some ways, it's a little bit similar to Stephen King's It, but obviously the kind of emanation of fear in that is able to shapeshift and you have the kind of iconic figure of Pennywise. Um, whereas there's no kind of real equivalent to Pennywise in this, apart from, I guess, the jester, but... I mean, it is only a little, mm. little toy jester. <laughs> yeah, do you think that the whole should have had a, an identity of its own? Like... Yeah, maybe. Um... Maybe the maybe the whole needed teeth, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but a, a funny voice. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just sort of feel like. I mean, maybe it makes sense. You know, it's a film about a hole, and and there's a kind of absence there. You know, <laughs> which I guess a hole is an absence. So. It kind of it kind of makes mm -hmm. sense that uh, oh, oh we should mention as well that poor crazy is it crazy Cole they call him oh yeah 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 he gets killed and then they're not very fast yeah yeah no he does yeah sorry I forgot to mention that he um all his lights get snuffed out and the darkness gets him yeah so he didn't yeah. make a claim poor of the Carl. week the, the, he said the darkness will come and come it did and it killed him and then they're just like oh yeah huh. yeah. Carl's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Poor guy. <laughs> Poor Carl. <laughs> yeah. It feels a bit half-baked, this film. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. And it, it, I don't know, it felt like maybe Joe Dante didn't get to stretch his wings as much as... Mm. I, I think it's also that it never, it, you know, it, it never really revs into gear. I think if you compare it to, like, Gremlins, which, you know, after the first sort of 15 minutes is pretty non-stop... Mm-hmm. The whole is quite slow, um, but it's not slow always in a creepy way. So I think because the suburban environment seemed so kind of not spooky. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I get what you, you know, it grounds it in a kind of reality, but the reality of these kids' traumas, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't quite work, sadly. Um But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I think that's all right. I think, yeah, it's definitely worth exploring for for the, in the canon of children's horror. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we've covered it. Um, And I I, I also felt like I'm sure every person, their grandmother's dog has done a podcast in Gremlins. So it seemed worthwhile to do a much more obscure (laughs) Joe Dante film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if if you have credits, I'll try to think of a sign off. Mhm. Yeah. Um uh, uh thank you for listening. Um our intro music is by Maki Yamazaki. Our outro music is by Joe Kelly. Our artworks by Natty Wilson. Uh so links to their um various stuff in the show notes. Um Feel free to rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Music if you like. And uh, you can email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail.com. Do you have a sign-off for us, Adam? Yeah, uh, be edgy teenagers, creepy kids, and listen to the killers. (laughs) Yeah, it's only natural. (laughs) Bye. Bye, creepy kids. The edgiest fans.